Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you joining us this week on the podcast. Your regular crew, Jennifer Bartlett. Hello. Robbie Croyle. Woo woo. And me, Logan. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. You said it, not me. Yeah. You know, so I've been listening to some of the some of our peeps out there, some of their podcasts in the beginning and and uh it's just kind of fun to just maybe do something a little different. There you go. Very true. It's a little fun. Just a little fun to do something a little different. Uh, there you go. If you don't like it, you could email Gus at liferotp.com. Yeah, complaints can go there. That's fantastic. That's a great place for them to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, I like it. I haven't had one of those call shout-outs in a, in a hot minute. All right. Well, let's see here. We should probably start off with a little shortcoming action. Yeah. Little, uh, maybe little, an essence of shortcoming. Yeah. You know, just kind of dig into the really, it's the <laughs> essence of roughly right, is nice. what it is to acknowledge our shortcomings. The it's places like, where we, we just drop the ball a little bit, you know? It's like the LaCroix of shortcomings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be the LaCroix. Just a hint. Of sh- the LaCroix of shortcomings. <laughs> You know, I'm glad you said it, not me. I was thinking it as somebody needed to say that. That's perfect. Aww. You know, <laughs> the LaCroix. Oh, man. The LaCroix of mm. shortcomings. So good. Well, it's something. Mm. It's something. All right. So you guys are going to have to clue me. I saw it on the uh, I saw it on the tape on the replay. Because I was, uh, I was, I was absent this weekend. I was missing, and the church didn't grow. So we've, we've debunked that. Uh, we've debunked as, that myth. As if we didn't know that was a myth already. But it's okay. It's fine. You know. Well, okay. <laughs> well, we didn't know if it was just a correlation or if it was causation. And because previously, every time I'm gone, the church, you know, it's a big Sunday. Everybody decides to show up. Um. So we've we've debunked the uh, idea that that's a causation, at least. Um, at least we have a, an opposing data point now. There you go. Well, it's not like we advertise when you're gonna be gone. So that would that would the causation piece would have to be correlated to that, or or people just know from the smell, or they they see it on my Instagram. They're like, "Oh, hey, Logan's out of town," or you know, Run Facebook quick. or something. They're like, we can go to church now. Logan's gone yeah. from the smell. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> oh, you man. start to wonder. You start to wonder these yeah. things. Do you smell bad? I don't know. That, these are the things you start to wonder. Like, you know, people just mm-hmm. show up when you're only not there, and you're like, "Is it something I wore?" I don't, you know, you just, you just don't know. Those bright pink shorts. Start washing your beard there so often, uh, right? Like, I thought my I thought my whiskey tobacco beard balm smelled good. Apparently not. Who knows? These are the things. These are the things you wonder. These are the things you wonder. But 
we got an opposing data point. Might not be causation. Might just be correlation. Could be. Let's give you another week off, you know, sometime soon and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, do, we'll, we'll, we'll just experiment with it. Okay, but are you going to let people know in advance that you're going to be gone? Absolutely not. No. All right. We're just going to pull a fast one on them. All right. So we'll see. We'll see that. We'll just start controlling variables here and uh, really kind of get down to the essence of what's going on. I like that we keep coming back to it, but we don't really talk about what <laughs> we're <know>. talking about. <laughs> so I, yeah, I wasn't there. So somebody's going to have to clue me in here. What exactly happened with the essence? Oh. What what exactly happened, Rob? I was talking about I was comparing faith to the way we just will sit into a chair and totally trust it with our body weight. Yeah. And I couldn't think of uh, just a good way of saying, you know, like placing all of your weight into the chair and so I said placing all of your Essence. It was the only word that came up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. It felt like I, I did catch it when I was when I was watching the listening watching the sermon. It seemed like you were maybe, and I didn't watch your body language at that point. I was just listening, but it seemed like maybe you were struggling to not say trust the chair with your body weight. Yeah. To the entire room. That might have been the deal. I suspected that that is what occurred, and you're like, somebody's gonna get offended by this. <laughs> you weren't meaning it in an offensive way, like right? Like right, it, but... you you shouldn't take offense, but uh, that's something that people might take offense at. You know, mm-hmm. I Did I suspected. You just call me fat? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I would have. You know, that would I probably would have retorted with that. Was that a fat joke? Except for it wasn't a joke. It was an an analogy. Was that yeah. a fat analogy? Yeah, I was. Are you body shaming me? How dare you? <laughs> you body shaming me to make a point about faith? Ah, the nerve. <laughs> the nerve. So there we got the essence. So you sit with all of your essence. All of it. All of it. Just all your essence. It's all the jokes that can be made about that. We're going to just move right along into leprosy. The the look on people's faces though was classic. Like was it? they they people were awake at that point. Like, they're, eh? They're looking at each other like, did he just say essence? You said <laughs> essence. Sometimes I wish we had a camera pointing back onto the crowd, crowd. view. Yeah. yeah. We could set that up. Mostly just for me in the tech room so I can see people's reactions. Only for our yeah, just for our like we're not gonna actually put that on the stream, but just for our own edification. Do you wanna know how many times you laugh all by yourself? Is that Oh no! That I, might also be a little depressing. It's one hundred percent of the time I laugh by myself. Oh, it's not a hundred percent of the time. He drops laughing with you right there, with no. me or at me. No, well, no it's well. it's not it's not a hundred percent. It's 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 in the high eighties, but it's not. <laughs> yes, it's not a hundred. It's not a hundred. It's high. I know it's a high number. Oh yeah, no high eighties. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. Yeah, that's it's all right. okay. I mean, I we could just it. clap our hands, see what happens. I don't, just <laughs> we didn't even need to do it. <laughs> Unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> we could all, you know, the moral of that story is we could all aspire to be as joyful as Jen. Absolutely. We could all do with a little more joy. Absolutely. Uh, 
Okay, I'm going to derail us real hard, real fast. Oh, hard hard turn right there. Uh, I'm re-watching Ted Lasso for what? Of course you are. Like the sixth or seventh time. a little joy in your life. And I was like, I wonder if the reason why I love Ted Lasso so much is I'm kind of the female version of him. Mm. And then I was like, that's a really deep thought for 1130 at night. I'm going to put it away. (laughs) Put it away. (laughs) But I was like, I could see it. All right. I'm very excited for season two to come out. When's that drop? Uh, Friday the 23rd. Oh, man. Friday the 23rd. That's this Friday. This Friday. Episode one, because they do it one episode a week. Like a normal show used to back in the day to let you like savor yeah. the experience? Mm. Yep. I'm going to... I think, you know, I think I might work that into the sermon, like the Sabbath series... I think there's an analogy to be had there. Yeah. I'm going to let you all percolate on that. I think there's an analogy to be had there. There's actually studies on retention that would probably support my thoughts there. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, let's talk about leprosy. So the, the, this, And I didn't catch this one. It's what? easier to talk about leprosy when you know what the word is. Let's just put <laughs> oh, it that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I. So in my brain, like... I was picturing the moment that Jesus healed the leper, but then Jesus healed some other people within that same episode. And so I had all these mental images like flashing before me and my brain was just stuck. And it was kind of an important, like it, sometimes I could just press on and just go, well, yeah, I dropped, dropped some data packets there. Don't worry about it. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. We'll move on. But I needed to know, like I needed to be able to talk about leprosy. And and so I turned to my son. And even when he said the word leprosy, I, I uh, looked at him like he was speaking some kind of foreign language. <laughs> it was. You needed an interpreter for him speaking in tongues? My Brain took about a thousand one, thousand two. Oh, he said leprosy. See, yeah. I missed all of that. I I didn't catch it on the playthrough, but there you go. Yeah. Fun fact: When uh, I was a kid, little Logan, little Logan thought that leprosy turned you into a leopard. Hmm. I was like, "Why is Jesus healing all of these leopards? And why doesn't he like leopards? Does he only like jaguars?" <laughs> I was very, con- I, I was very, con- maybe he's a lion person. Mm. No, he's, he's not a liar. There's no lying about that. There's no lying about that. <sighs> Only if we deny that we have sin. <laughs> oh, uh, then we'd be a lion. Making God a lion. All right. You know, roaring like a lion. I don't, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I haven't heard that song in forever. And count yourself blessed. Yeah, he's a lion of Judah, right? So. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, no, no. Leopards are out. Yeah. Yeah. No leopards. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> leopards are out. Leopards are out because leopards are out because you're lying to do. Yeah, that doesn't track. No. <laughs> I just I thought that I had that for there was a solid chunk of time, like a wow that I thought that's what that was talking about. You know, kids because like, people understanding would, of the yeah. scriptures is is amazing. Mm-hmm. My cousin when we would get done praying, he would say, I'm in, instead of amen. Absolutely. 
And one time, one of our kids, and they really don't like me bringing up this this story, but they're not probably going to look into this anyway. But I said, uh, do you know what the wages of sin means? And they said, oh, I said, do you know what wages means? And uh, they said, yeah, that's when someone pulls up your underwear. Yes. The wedgies of sin. Fantastic. (laughs) And we howled. And uh, that particular kid did not handle people laughing with them very well. So that's awesome. Well, if they're not laughing, is it still laughing with them? I mean, we would. No one meant harm by yeah. laughing, yeah. but but it was funny. That is, I mean, it's, I would have been busting a gut. Yeah, I yeah, still so, might. So, what comes out of the mouth of kids? That's that's wedgies f- of sin. That that is so funny. Wedgies of sin. Oh man. Oh, have you seen the? Uh, I think it's like a YouTube video where uh, it's kids' voices for adults. Yes. I don't think I acting have. out the Bible. Yep. Oh. It is fantastic. It's like mm-hmm. kids telling the story, but yeah. the adults act it out. Okay. This sounds like drunk history, but with kids reading the Bible. Yep. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Same concept. Same concept. Okay. And the kids tell the more st- wholesome. They tell the yeah. St- yeah, way more wholesome. <laughs> uh, they tell the story, the Bible story. It's still a Bible story when they get sure. done. That's uh that's the best part. Yeah. Oh it's excellent. Great. Excellent. I'll have to look it up. All right. Well, that's that's really not that bad for uh, for some shortcomings. That really might be the Lacroix of of <laughs> short. It's the just a hint of shortcomings. That's really not too bad, especially compared to the week before the ridiculous shenanigans that we had going on there with mic drops and such. Oh man! So uh, I know, I know. Just uh, got off easy this week. All right. Well, let's dive into some footnotey goodness here. With uh, a little discussion about heavenly relationships. said we would talk about this in footnotes. I'm curious what we're going to talk about with these heavenly relationships. All right. So it's recorded in in a few of the Gospels, but Jesus is asked about uh, whose wife does... um, There's seven brothers. They they Ah. each marry and then die. Yes, the trick question from Intern. the Sadducees. Yes, and and they're like, and at the end of the age, at the resurrection, whose wife is she? He's like, y'all don't even believe in the resurrection. Yeah, fools. <laughs> and so, in uh, I like Luke's version. We'll talk. We'll just highlight that one. It says uh, Jesus said to them, "The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage." But those who are considered worthy to attain to the age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot even die anymore because they are like angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. So, and I've thought about that as a, as a married man. What's it going to be like? You know, are Christy and I going to be neighbors? Are we, are we going to be... You know, best friends or we it's like the good place you find your soulmate. Um, <gasps> no, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't think that it was either. That's 
<laughs> Although I do appreciate that spin on the whole afterlife take. That's a amusing, amusing show. Yeah, well, I think I think it's uh, it's it's fun. The show's fun. It does a good job of poking fun at some of the things that we uh, kind of assume about some of our some of our assumptions about the afterlife. Yeah, and I think Ted Danson is is uh, depicted well as a as as a devil, so that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't going to disagree. Uh, no, I think uh, in some interesting plot twists as you go yeah. along, uh-huh, like they absolutely. do a good job. It's the writing's well done. Just a fork in good time. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so our relationships will be different. Uh, we'll be considered sons of God, and uh, we will not marry each other. We'll be more like the angels. I thought we all became our own like little gods of celestial kingdoms, and no, oh, wrong sorry, religion. Wrong, wrong religion. My bad. First uh, Corinthians fifteen says that uh, <laughs> we are raised imperishable. In other words, uh, we won't we won't uh, have sprained ankles. We won't have indigestion. We won't uh, no more heartburn. Oh, we fantastic. won't lose hair. Um, Wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. All right, imperishable. Very and then nice. in Revelation 21, we, we're told there's no longer any death, there's no longer any mourning or crying or pain. So, mm. and maybe that's why we won't be married, because there's no crying or pain. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Uh, mm. No more mourning for my wife. No more. Mm. No more. Hmm. Yeah. All right. There you go. Every tear will be wiped away. It's really good because I've got about an ocean up there because he stores our tears in heaven. So, oh. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I cry a lot. She laughs a lot. She cries a lot. I mean, she's. I laugh she's when balanced. I cry. I laughed. I cried. It moved me, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. She, um. Yeah. She laughs, she cries, it moves me, Bob. It moves me, Rob. There we go. That's the version. <laughs> it's the footnotes variation. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Yeah. Such oh, a great where song. Is my topic. All right, meaning. Uh heavenly relationships. All right. I like it. It's a solid little bit there. Anything else to add? No? No. It's pretty clear cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you when you look at it there, um, pretty clean, relatively simple concept to wrap our heads around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about purifying ourselves as an act of worship. This is intriguing. I find this. I think this is great. Mm-hmm. Purify yourself. So uh, when I looked up the the Greek word and then I looked up how the Greek word was used in the Septuagint, mm. um, it was used for the first time in Genesis, and um, I don't remember what chapter it was, but uh, it was in Jacob's life. It was later 
in the account, and and Jacob tells the people to change their clothes, to clean up, you know, to wash up, and to purify themselves, which uh, almost seems to be a third step. Hmm. Um, so it's it's more than just um, you know taking a shower and putting on you know a tuxedo or a nice dress, mm-hmm. but there's this third element of, uh, I don't know, maybe from a mental purity, maybe uh, just uh, setting your heart right. Yeah. it uh, That makes me think of perhaps like a mikvah at a later time, the ritual cleansing, right? Mm-hmm. That's more than just a go take a shower, right? It's a, there's a ritualistic aspect to the mikvah washing, I think, is my understanding of it at least. Which is where we get baptism. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, John says that those of us who have this hope, this hope of heaven, this hope of of seeing God face to face, and and John actually would experience that um, probably after the writing of First John is what we suspect. But uh, in the book of Revelation, he comes face to face to Jesus, and and Jesus comes into his presence. And and although he had, in his earthly form, you know, hung out with him, and and that was a very like like there was a closeness to them. He leaned on his chest during the final, uh, you know, during the Last Supper. But when Jesus comes in his full godly glory John falls down like a dead man mm. and so John says when you have this hope this that you will see him as he is not mm-hmm. um, not as what we remember from a fleshly standpoint or an earthly standpoint but as he is in, in a heavenly standpoint um those people will purify themselves, and so it's this it's this ongoing process that that as we continue to think about heaven, as we continue to think about that day of coming into God's presence, we continue to not only you know clean up, but to go through that mental process too to purify ourselves. Hmm. I like it. Cool. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I think that probably has some real world easy easy application uh, within the within the context of day to day life of you know, am I coming into worship with that, uh, with the mindset of it being purifying. Well, and uh, the Jews talk about Sabbath as this preparation for heaven, mm. that preparation for that age to come. And so maybe if we if we approach Sabbath from a, hey, I need to purify myself, like I need mm-hmm. to prepare myself for that day of coming into his presence and, and whatever in whatever way I got off track this last week, whatever way, you know, I got distracted, 
nope, this is the real goal. Here's God's kingdom. This is what I value. This is what I, uh, this is the God that I worship. You know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So from a Jewish perspective, if you're unwilling to practice Sabbath, you're, you'll be unfit for the kingdom to come because Sabbath is preparation. And we we have, uh, within the Christian tradition, and we have a tendency to um, have that part of our liturgy. When we have directed prayer, we kind of invite people into this moment of of just um, really purifying ourselves to reconnect with God, to uh, pr- bring that conversation with God back to the forefront, make that a, our priority, our focus for the moment. And and so it, that's maybe how traditionally we've worked li- that in, lived mm-hmm. that out. Sure. Yeah, on a on a regular basis. Makes yeah. sense. Sweet. Well, uh, yo, dude, let's talk about uh, Leviticus Abide. Talk right. about abiding in uh, abiding in Leviticus. Yes. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll take a I'll take the Greek word and I'll plug it into uh, Blue Letter Bible and just see how that word gets used in the Septuagint. Uh, because one of the things I'm always interested in is as the Hebrew speakers, Hebrew writers. Uh, either spoke and or documented what was spoken in the New Testament. And then someone somewhere along the line said, well, okay, well, let's take that Hebrew phrase and let's convert that to to Greek. Well, the Greek that they're most familiar with is the Septuagint. Mm-hmm. And so the, the way that's used... Gives us a real good indication of what their intended meanings were. Yeah. I like it. Now, finding out exactly how the word's translated, that can sometimes be challenging. Um, So I'm not willing to die on this, (laughs) die on this hill. But this, this, this word is used in Leviticus 13.5. That's the first time it shows up. Uh, Leviticus 13.5. Yeah, and the word is... Um, menos. Hmm. Menos to abide. And... That's not helping me. Okay, so uh, the priest shall look at him on the seventh day, and and if is in his eye the infection has not changed and the infection has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him for seven more days. So um, this is a. Uh, this is someone with some kind of infection. 
Mm-hmm. And they're making sure that that infection doesn't become leprosy. And um, and what I suspect is that what they're saying there is, um, or where the the intent of that word there is that it's uh, that the infection has not um, abided on the skin. Hmm. From a, from a, and and that's how the Greek Septuagint uses that. Um, and, and I just thought that was uh, an interesting picture, an interesting use of that word. Yeah, um, because it's not like you can you could cut leprosy out. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know it just becomes part of. Yeah, it's really ingrained. Yeah, very hard to get rid of if you even can. So that's the idea of abide. Interesting. And again, for John, John is very much more conceptual than the other writers, I think, because he's dealing with Greek thinkers. I mean, Mark is written to a Roman audience, and he uses the Roman coronation as as his method for communicating the gospel as a word picture Mm-hmm. But John takes these different words and he really uses them conceptually. Uh, he talks about abiding. Uh, where, where the other authors will, of the uh, New Testament will use the term to abide, they're they're talking about where someone lived. Uh, this was their home. This was, mm-hmm. you know. But but John's talking about this this relationship. This. Um, I'm, we think in terms of like uh, we know that bait of where someone abides that the the house the 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 community that someone lives within that's that's super important and John's saying all right have that in in your connection with Christ not only you abiding in him but him abiding mm-hmm. in you like this is a mutual relationship and this is Again, a unique concept to John. He he uses other concepts like light and darkness. Um, he's the one who uh, recorded the uh, the new command, which is an old command. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, he's the one that uh, talks about Father in a unique way. Uh, we'll see him talk about the Holy Spirit in a way that none of the other gospel writers uh, do. Um, born again, that's that's another concept that John introduces. Uh, a child of God is another thing that John... So uh, just conceptually, John is... His approach is different. Sure. Than than yeah. the other gospel writers, and if we pay attention to those themes, uh, we can maybe pick up some things that he's trying to makes him sound a little bit like an innovator, mm-hmm. somewhat. But I think also wasn't uh, I would have to check me on this, but I'm pretty sure the Gospel of John was written quite a few years after the other ones, but it was delayed. 
I think it is the latest. Yeah. I believe that is correct. And I suspect, I suspect that that affects maybe some of his, some of his tactics, uh, mm-hmm. some of the ways that he's, I mean, obviously writing maybe to a broader audience that, because uh, it's expanding out into a bigger area. We talked a little bit, uh, a previous episode about, you know, going after the I am statements of the, of the set, you know, the Roman gods and tying in the seven. I am statements and, you know, mm-hmm. tying those in, in juxtaposition too. Um, so, but I, I think that that it coming later, probably if you have a lot, uh, well, okay. So think about it this way. If you were, uh, telling a story, right. Of an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, later on you've talked it over with some other people who are there you can start working in their experience too that you didn't necessarily experience but they did right mm-hmm. uh, i think of my my sister was telling a story this last weekend about a time they went hiking with a, a group uh, my di- my brother and her and the the one kid got left up on the mountain like he got lost up there oh my gosh yeah uh he apparently conked out and took a six-hour nap, <laughs> and they just walked by him on the trail because he had gone like off the trail. Um, so he spent the night up on the mountain. Wow! Um, uh, this was like above the tree line. Oh wow! Hiking up there in the sawtooths. Okay. Uh, so a little sketch, a little sketch. Um, but he was fine. Just got a little little hypothermia. He said it was a really peaceful night. But my sister's telling this story, and obviously she only had her perspective. But she's able to tell it at this point because she knows the story well enough from Daniel's perspective and the other six people that were there. She now has a more full and rich mm-hmm. way to tell that story than perhaps she would have, you know, mm-hmm. a couple days after or, right. you know, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and so in, in that sense, I think uh, the Gospel of John, as he's writing that later there's maybe a little bit more um he's he's just got more to draw from perhaps mm-hmm. um or or maybe some other connections that they've made right well but but again he's writing to a, a, an audience that has more greek influence mm-hmm. than you know matthew and luke yeah um, I, obviously those two but i feel like that mark would have had Really, I, I think you see the juxtaposition between Mark because Mark, I think, was the hottest, like the hottest off the press. It was the quickest. Mm-hmm. It's the quickest. It's the shortest. But and John shares stories that none of the other gospel writers share. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's he's sharing the same stories with a different lens. Yeah, he's but he's picking different stories that will meet, uh, maybe meets his audience. Yeah. Um, one, two. I wonder how well those gospels were circulated. And so I don't need to tell the same. I don't, yeah, I don't have to tell that story. Mm -hmm. You guys already have Mark. Let me tell you something a little different. Right. Let me, let me give you part two. Yeah. And so as the, as the time ticks on, the church is becoming more Greek and Roman. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and John's in an area that's much more Greek 
has much more Greek influence. And so, so you have, have that going for you. Um, and, and just his approach is, is distinctively different from the other three gospel writers. And, and you just got to pay attention to what the intent is and what's being communicated, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And if you like, when I know or when I see uh, a particular theme, like hounded on, knocked on, that wasn't as loud as I thought it was going to be. No. Um, <laughs> but when it, when a certain theme or concept is is talked about over and over, like this is super important to this particular author, then it's kind of like, oh, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why is this so important hmm. to you? And and so and and why? Like, what are you trying to say to the world that you live in? What what's what's driving that particular conversation? And and, and what does that mean for our world today? And mm-hmm. and we'll see. We'll see two more chat. Uh, two more uh, sermons. Two more topics. Uh, God is love, and then. God is in us through his Holy Spirit. So there you go. Fantastic. Don't look at me like that. Super dope. Super dope. Sick Nardar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Nothing. You're awesome. I know. Zero to the dude. Hmm. Point to me. All right. Well, I think that about does it for another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast. And we'll be back at it again next week with more footnotey goodness and whatever the heck we screwed up over the weekend. (laughs) Sweet. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.